Do you have a tricky work problem that you need to solve? I have a great podcast recommendation for you featuring a pair of expert women. Whether you're just starting your career or a seasoned professional, check out Fixable, a podcast from TED. Hosted by Harvard professor Frances Fry and her wife, leadership coach Ann Morris, the brilliant duo provide honest, actionable advice to help you navigate everything from a gaslighting manager to returning to work after parental leave. They'll leave you feeling empowered and ready to act. Listen to Fixable wherever you get your podcasts. One question I see a lot of job seekers struggle with is how to best prepare for an interview. If you've got an interview coming up that you're super excited about, there's a lot of ways that I think we frankly waste our time spinning our wheels that feel like we're preparing, but don't actually prepare you to knock it out of the park. For instance, you might waste time in an endless research hole online, which I see happen all the time. You know, you might be learning everything you can about the company and stalking whoever might be interviewing you. And while that's important to an extent, online research alone can actually give you a false sense of preparedness that can backfire. So when you're gearing up for a job interview, I encourage you to focus on the following three skills and to practice them out loud. The first boss tip here is to know your story. You've got to be prepared for that first opening question that almost every interview begins with. Tell me about yourself. Now, they don't actually want you to tell them just all about yourself. What they're really asking, and sometimes they're asking more explicitly than others, is why do you want to work here? Why should you work here? You know, why should we want you to work here? So your personal story has to answer that question. It's got to be a brief but compelling narrative that culminates with a perfectly compelling reason as to why you belong in their organization. Here's what I mean. Every good story has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And our human brains are wired to pay attention to stories that are structured that way. We love a good narrative flow, a narrative structure. That is way more effective than just a chronological rundown of your work experience. That's what your resume is for. Don't be a walking resume reader. People especially empathize with and respond to a story that involves facing a challenge, making a choice, and then learning a lesson along the way, preferably a lesson that led you to where you are today, sitting in front of them at this interview. So are you a corporate lawyer applying for an internal counsel position at a global charity? There's a story there. Why? You know, tell me why you're compelled to make that choice, to make that change. I'll give you an example, a real-world example. When Brad the Boo was job searching here in Denver, we were living in D.C., and over the prior three years or so, he had quit his comfortable architecture job to really devote his time and energy into focusing on CNC fabrication instead, which is a much more hands-on craft that involved, sure, some online design, right, designing projects in 3D space on the computer, but also machining, manufacturing, finishing and installing custom furniture and custom architectural pieces. 
So his narrative essentially boiled down to this. He got to a comfortable place where he was using his architecture graduate degree in an air-conditioned office, sitting in front of a computer for eight hours a day, and he just couldn't do it. He made a choice to pivot into more hands-on craftsman work. And that's why he was here today, you know, interviewing at this very hands-on manufacturing shop because that shop would be the perfect place for him. And he he learned that about himself. You know, that lesson led him to applying for this job. Now, granted, this story only works when he's applying for a custom manufacturing job, like the one he landed two and a half years ago and has been working happily at ever since. But if he were, for whatever reason, applying for an architecture firm job, that story wouldn't work. It would need tweaking. It would need a different lesson learned and a different narrative. So it helps when the narrative is very true and authentic to who you are. But the narrative can be, you know, shaped around letting people know what they need to know and how your career choices have led you to them. And they're the final destination. They need to feel like the moral of the story is them hiring you. Whatever the case may be for you, and no matter how long your work history is, You need to be able to quickly sum things up in a story, a story that leads you to working wherever it is that you're interviewing. Now, this is only possible to do through practicing and practicing it out loud, preferably with a trusted friend or ally. You can ask for real-time feedback. You can learn more about constructing a compelling personal story via a video I created and another corresponding blog post about crafting your story of self from a couple years back I will link to in today's show notes. But it's time to move on because I've got two more tips for you. Boss tip number two for preparing for an interview. You've got to be ready to come in with some smart questions. As much as you can practice telling a great story, you can also practice getting into the habit of asking smart questions interviewers, after all, are people too. And everyone loves talking about themselves. So make sure you go in ready to ask about them too. You want the interview to feel like a reciprocal conversation, not some one-way soliloquy. And I find practicing the art of question asking to be really helpful to do at networking events and mixers and industry meetings and conferences. Just get in the habit of not talking about yourself too long before you end your little soliloquy with an open-ended question for them. You know, be a question asker, get curious, and get into the practice and the habit of ping-ponging your conversation back and forth with solid questions and follow-up questions. In fact, this is where pre-interview research can actually pay off. You might ask your interviewer or interviewers about why they chose to work there, referencing some of their past work experience that you can see on LinkedIn and, you know, ask them why they made the leap. You can also ask them how they feel about where the organization is headed and what their expert opinion is on who would be a good fit for that organization. You know, those are expert opinion questions and they're respectful, right? It shows that you take their opinion seriously and that you value their take on the issue. Bring a genuine curiosity to this conversation as well as active listening skills. This cannot feel like an audition unless you're acting and it is an audition and that's how you book gigs. But like you should not feel like it is a one-way performance. 
Great interviews involve asking a ton of smart questions and showing them that you're actually listening to their answers. So nod, you know, say, "Mm mm-hmm, (laughs) you know, like provide some verbal and nonverbal cues to show that you're actively listening and taking their responses in. You know, some of us are more natural in our habits on that than others. And sometimes when you're nervous in an interview, you get really quiet, you stand really still. You don't want to make any noises or make any sudden movements. And it just seems like you're not really conversational. It doesn't feel very human. So make sure you're practicing the verbal and nonverbal listening cues to show that you're an active listener with a lot of curiosity about your interviewers. And when thinking about what kinds of questions to ask, don't be afraid of getting into the weeds a little bit. Feel free to ask technical questions about the work at hand, especially if the hiring manager is someone you'd actually end up working with or within that department that you're interviewing for. You know, ask if they've considered different strategies that you might suggest. Feel free to show your familiarity with the industry if you can weigh in with different experiences or strategies that you've worked with and have executed elsewhere, right? If things start to get a little too detailed, you can always back off by saying something like, well, I don't want to get too ahead of myself here, but as you can tell, I really, I love this stuff. You know, it shows that you're interested in the topic that you'll be working on. It shows that you're passionate about it. It shows that you're a nerd about it. And that's good, right? Feel free to get geeky with it. It's okay. And you can always dial it back if it gets too in the weeds. And the third boss tip here that I'd encourage you to incorporate throughout your conversation in an interview is to emphasize what's transferable. Emphasize your transferable skills. Throughout the conversation, be conscientious of drawing parallels between your past experiences and your future potential. For example, if you're applying for a marketing position, be ready with stories and specific examples of overcoming marketing challenges in the past. And I say overcoming challenges to hearken back to the the story narrative, the narrative arc, right? The challenge, choice, outcome, the beginning, middle, and end structure. No one just wants to hear you brag about your highlights, right? Tell me about the time you faced down a Goliath. Tell me about the time when you overcame something from a marketing standpoint, when you triumphed in some way. And to do that, you have to tell me about a challenge you faced, right? It doesn't all have to be roses and butterflies, right? It is okay to talk about challenges and how you overcame them so long as the lesson there can be applied to their organization and your potential to work with them as well. You might also want to be ready to reference third-party validators like past achievements, awards, accomplishments, any numerical transformations you can point to, or even past praise. For example, you might say, my last boss thought it couldn't be done, but when we were able to pass the 10,000 email subscriber count, he attributed my strategy directly to our success. In that instance, you're using your last boss to recommend you, right? You're verbally inserting your last boss into your story as a way to say, this person vouched for me, this person liked me. And that can come across as a really effective way to brag because it's almost like a verbal recommendation that you're delivering on behalf of your last boss. Here's a thing to keep in mind when talking about transferable skills in an interview. A lot of times we assume that hiring managers will connect the dots on their own. 
but we have to be more explicit than that. You got to say how your past podcast editing experience will directly support the organization in launching their podcast that they want to launch. You got to mention that your financial analysis done in past roles will be helpful to the budgeting analysis needed for this organization to improve their decision making. You've got to connect the dots for them. Don't leave it up to them to draw the conclusions that you really want them to draw. At the end of the day, when it comes to practicing your story, asking smart questions, and emphasizing transferable skills, remember that you've got to practice how you want to play. What I mean by that is, if you're studying for a written exam, you should study for it in a written way. An interview is more often than not, not always, but more often than not, an oral exam, right? It's a conversational performance. It is a conversational art. And so you should practice in a conversational way. Practice this stuff out loud. I've seen it with my public speaking pro students and and trainer team members who practice public speaking by writing out their speech word for word. And then when they get up there to perform it, their eyes are constantly darting to the back of their head to recall their memorized text. And that removes them from the room. It takes away from your presence. So do not write out your interview answers. If you are practicing for an interview, practice in front of the mirror, old school style, Macaulay Culkin style, right? Like you've got to be wooing yourself in the mirror, preferably not with aftershave or a weird towel sing-along scene. That was kind of a weird scene if we actually think about it, but classic. Anyway, practice out loud. Record yourself. Put up your little photo booth if you've got a Mac or your cell phone. Record yourself giving these answers. Record yourself practicing your opening story and then play it back and be your own supportive critic. I know it's really hard to watch yourself on tape. It's really hard to listen to your voice on a podcast recording that you have to proof listen to to provide quality control measures every week, but it's key. You know, there's no other way to grow. So practice how you want to play. If you've got an out loud verbal interview coming up, practice out loud in a verbal way and you'll be super prepared and actually prepared, not just have a false sense of preparedness going in. If you or someone you love is preparing for an interview or is on the job search, take a minute to share this episode if you found it helpful. And for anyone who is navigating career transition, Bossed Up Bootcamp can help you stick your landing like a boss. And you can learn more at bossedup.org slash bootcamp to see what bootcamps we have coming up. Our final one for the year is in LA in November, and then we'll be in San Francisco in February of 2020. Until next time, keep bossing in pursuit of your purpose. Keep preparing for those interviews, and I promise they will yield a great offer. And then it'll be time to negotiate that offer with all the free resources we have for you at bossstep.org slash negotiation. Thanks as always for listening, for sharing, for reviewing this podcast and Apple podcasts. Keep bossing and I'll talk to y'all soon.